This is the Saxo Market Call. Daily insights on what is moving the financial markets. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It's Tuesday, 24th of January, 2023, and we have a market rallying uh, once again, uh, a big follow through rally yesterday in the S&P 500. I think uh, probably from a technical point of view, if you're looking at CTAs and how they do their algorithms for the trend, uh, this scale of reversal is probably seeing a lot of uh, reverses uh, or stopouts and uh, reverses into long positions. I would imagine there's there's trend lines coming into view. We've broken back above the 200-day moving average. And even nominally above those highs we saw uh, prior to this above 4,000. So, uh, Peter, it just looks like a market that, that wants to rally for now. But uh, as I think you and I will agree, uh, we're, we're pretty uneasy with, with the, the sort of the backdrop here in terms of leading indicators and other other inputs. Yeah, it's um, we, we, we've started the year with you know the notion that we are facing these macroeconomic headwinds. We have uncertainty around inflation, and we know that there are significant margin pressures in the uh, the corporate sector and, and earnings are, are rolling are rolling over which i will show on a, on a later slide deck so it's a little bit surprising it seems like the market as you said john um, there are some technical reasons a lot of the trend following uh, funds might be reversing positions here that's one thing there's also the the shift in sentiment that came on friday we talked about it yesterday um, the positive outlook from netflix the constant layoffs from alphabet and microsoft and uh, basically the entire technology sector uh, has shredded around 200,000 jobs. Um, <clears throat> and that, of course, in the short term will not improve profitability, but the market has to discount the future, and the future profitability will be improved by these layoffs, and that's really the, the key here. So what you can also see on the on slide two in the theme baskets, it's really the technology, the hydration stuff, it's bubble stocks, it's screen transformation, energy storage, e-commerce, and, and semiconductors that really rallied hard yesterday, gaming and payments just after that. And if, if you look at the S&P 500 future, I think you will agree, John, we, we, we had a close on the S&P 500 futures contract yesterday that was the highest since mid-December. We, we already had that signal from the NASDAQ 100 uh, in, the, in the prior session. So I, I think in terms of breakout, it's a small breakout here, and then the big breakout is further up there, uh, just above uh, 4,100 uh, 4, 4, in the S&P 500. So, but there's still a little bit uh, room there. But I think the, the key discussion here is that one of the reasons it really feels like we are at, at a nice edge here in, in equity markets because if you look at the S&P 500, we are priced at 18 times forward earnings. That's pretty expensive in a historical context. And that means that there is very little uh, downside uh, downside uh, negative expectations that have been priced into equities. I, I don't think we need a very big jolt uh, on the macroeconomic numbers or the inflation numbers for equities to really uh, sell off in, in, a, in a fast fashion. And on slide three, we've put in the U.S. leading indicators. We we talked about it on yesterday's podcast. And they it, they came in for December weaker than estimated. And if you look at the uh, if you look at the months and months, we now have had two months and months declines of one percent. That's pretty brutal. And if you look at the six month average, that's the one I've highlighted in pink. And you can see the red line just to you know base it against previous uh, downturns on the leading indicators in the U.S. Every single time we've been down here, there has been a recession. In the U.S., so I mean, if we believe the U.S. leading indicators have anything to say this time around, the recession is unavoidable in the U.S. And that was also what the conference board uh, said in their press statement yesterday. But then they also said that they expected the recession to be shallow, and already by the Q4 of this year, we would be back into to growth. And and John, you have put in all the different various indicators on the on the left that goes into those leading indicators. But I really think that 
yeah, can we avoid a recession? I, I don't know. I, as I said yesterday, I'm quite confused still. But uh, if we're to believe this, then then equities could sell uh, off pretty hard if the coincident indicators um, are suddenly coming in weaker than expected. Yeah, and those coincident indicators are still quite strong because we see something like the uh, GDP now, the live forecast for GDP right now, it's uh, something like three and a half percent for this quarter. Of course, we're only about a month into that quarter, and I put that list of indicators up so people can understand why. Uh, what what leading indicators are and why they're flashing so red, uh, and especially it's the labor market related ones that aren't flashing red yet. But all those interest rate sensitive things, of course, very weak. Um, some of the housing data that the the yield curve there is, is I'm sure, adding uh, very significantly to that negative reading there. So, yeah, it sits uncomfortably with the market uh, going significantly higher. And you know, co- coincident talking about coincident indicators, coincident with a strong risk sentiment is going to be a weak dollar. No big surprise to see it weaker, as we show on slide four there. And leading the charge is something like Aussie uh, versus the U.S. We have a key Q4 CPI number up today, but for now, the Australian dollar leading uh, the G10 in terms of relative strength on our trending indicator and poking at these uh, 70-plus levels. 70, by the way, a massive level going back many years. There was a nominal small intraday high that was slightly higher before that recent drawdown. Very similar, similar locally here to the action in the S&P 500. We see the yen uh, still quite weak, but the dollar yen has rolled over a little bit here, back below 130. Uh, I think to get that uh, significantly lower, it requires a little bit of a different backdrop, weak risk sentiment, and lower yields, not a strong risk sentiment. So the yen, I think, losing a bit of uh, the pull market pull here, uh, but certainly the dollar weaker, and I would suspect this will be a key component of any uh, negative energy, or sorry, positive energy in the equity market will be a weaker U.S. dollar. Uh, Ola, the gold market still doing well, but I guess our focus for now is is on crude as we're looking at um, uh, as we're looking at this rally and wondering if it's going to stick. These some of the recent um, higher prices for the cycle that we've seen. Yeah, let's uh, just take a look at crude, and then we'll just have a look at gold because I saw that negative or the divergence uh, on your previous slide between gold and silver, and uh, let's just take a look at that as well. But uh, crude oil, as you as you say uh, here on slide five, we are we're poking higher. This uh, this morning, I just uh, chose to show, show the gas oil contract. That's basically the feedstock for diesel, heating oil, and jet fuel, uh, the European-based contract. And as we can see on the right-hand side, there's some of these cracks that are really moving sharply higher we've got the uh, gas oil price futures price to uh, trading at a two months high we're getting close to sanctions uh, being implemented against uh, russian uh, imports of uh, of distillates and uh, from february 5th and that's starting to have an impact at the same time we're seeing the the surge in the jet fuel demand especially in asia also having a, also raising the competition for these uh, distillate barrels and that's basically driving up uh, uh, the cost of diesel and that's on the underpinning uh, oil prices as well at this time. So I think that's really where we should should focus uh, to look for for additional upside on on the uh, on the uh, crude oil side, because at this time, obviously, with with the markets pricing in a strong recovery in China, uh, so far we it's mostly based based on hopes. Now we obviously need to see whether they can actually come to fruition. At the same time, we got the the recession worries in the U.S. that Peter just highlighted, but. Uh, Moving on to slide six, gold keeps rising on recession risk. As I say, are we are we looking at a one and done, or is it still two uh, two rate hikes? That's uh, that's really what the market is, is the question the market is asking as these uh, leading indicators come in come in weaker than expected. And what it also means is that the semi-industrial metal of silver is, is struggling really hard to follow uh, follow gold. At one point yesterday, it dropped five percent before recovering. Uh, it dropped. Uh, it took out uh, some technical levels, and we just had some momentum selling coming in. But um, the chart is obviously almost uh, 
going going vertical at this point in time. So, um, but as long as the market is, is focusing on recession risk, a weaker dollar, then there's not really any any clear incentive to uh, to sell or take profit on gold. And if we just finish off the commodities space on slide seven, I just mentioned uh, co- coffee yesterday in the cut report. Basically, coffee, wheat, and natural gas are the two, two most, uh, three most shorted commodities out there. And uh, right now, and uh, as I mentioned, uh, look out for any change in the technical or the fundamental outlook. And it looks like potentially we have a change in both um, starting to emerge in coffee. Uh, we had a bit of a squeeze the last couple of days here looking at the retracement. We are getting close to that 162 level, which could signal a reversal back to the uh, to the January high and December highs there, up in the mid-70s. Um, it is driven by the uh, stocks starting to come down again. We can't quite see it on this uh, on this chart, but they actually we did see a drop yesterday or on Friday, and uh, also highlight just this uh, very big short that we have in the in the futures market. So just be aware of that, and it looks like it's starting to move. There's also some worries about the crop outlook for Brazil the coming year, which should be a, a major crop year. They have they alternate between low and and high season. This year should be a high season, and so far estimates are coming down compared to what they were in 2020. All right. I'm not sure how I make a segue from coffee to uh, cheap watches, uh, Peter, but <laughs> Swatch is on your stocks to watch today. And uh, there are going to be a lot of stocks to watch in coming days because we have quite a bevy of earnings reports. But let's start off with your slides uh, eight here, the stocks you've got in your in your sites today. Yeah, so Swatch. Um, <clears throat> it's a Swiss, Swiss um, watch maker, and um, they have a considerable business in China. And they just reported this morning operating income that missed expectations. It wasn't a big deal, if you ask me. It's it's typical equity market headlines to overdo these things. It was a small hit, if you ask me. And it was due to these headwinds in China. But analysts already remain pretty confident that there will be a rebound in, in this Chinese uh, business as they are reopening their uh, their economy. So it's uh, it's not a big deal, but it's obviously one of the European companies that are in, uh, that are in focus this morning. And then I think as we look ahead in a couple of hours from now, when, you, when you're listening to this podcast, we'll have GE and 3M, the two uh, giants in the in U.S. industrial sector. They will report earnings before the, the market opens up for trading, for cash trading. And I think they will set the tone and the sentiment uh, on, on, on those opening prints across the spectrum. I know we have had a lot of focus on technologies, uh, technology stocks, and we will certainly have that with Microsoft later tonight after the market closed. But I think in today's session, it will be driven by what is the outlook from GE and 3M? They they really, I think, are two good parameters on, on economic activity uh, globally. And then Spotify, the price reaction was already yesterday, of course, but they announced that they're cutting 6% of the workforce. They had an initial jump and a very strong initial reaction to those news, but then it was faded by the market, and Spotify ended up being weaker than the overall technology market for this session. So that's that's very ugly, and if you look at it at, at a... At a bar, a bar chart, it, it doesn't really, or candlestick bar chart, it doesn't really look very, very attractive. Um, so I think it's it's something to to watch if you're trading this uh, this part of the market because it was a little bit of an odd reaction to say the least. And then other earnings to watch, which will also be in pre-market, Lockheed Martin, to mention one together maybe with the uh, Raytheon Technologies, both companies are in our defense basket, two giants in the U.S. defense industry, and with the of course, with the whole focus on uh, on the war in Ukraine, and I think yeah, yesterday was a massive order for for Black Hawk uh, Black Hawk helicopters uh, from Australia. Um, the the defense spending is really increasing, and and we haven't seen it f- being talked so much about from Lockheed or uh, Raytheon in the previous uh, uh, earnings releases. But I, I'm really 
I'm really hoping that they're lifting a little bit of the uh, the fog, so to speak, on the uh, on the outlook here and and, and, tell, and telling the market what they are seeing. And then we have Johnson and Johnson also reporting in the uh, in the pre market, very big on. Uh, on the pharmaceutical side, but I think more importantly, maybe from the consumer angle, they have a lot of uh, ordinary non-prescription uh, pres- uh, um, different types of products that you, they sell in, in, in within you know, the health-related services. So, um, so that's um, that's a, a one to watch. And then, of course, tomorrow, it, the big ones are ASML in the uh, in the semiconductor industry, and then Tesla. I will, I'll be writing a preview on those two stocks, which you can find in analysis.sangso today, um, really, really important. And maybe I should I should uh, say on a final remark on slide nine, I've put in the, the Nasdaq's uh, quality earnings per share um, because I put it into my preview of Microsoft earnings today because we uh, do expect Microsoft to see a slowdown in revenue growth, a hit to their margins. And by the way, Microsoft actually announced a $10 billion investment into OpenAI, the uh, the company behind the chat GPT uh, that is getting a lot of uh, uh, excitement and and, and, uh, and headlines recently. And I put in this Nasdaq uh, chart just to show you what is what the sector is facing and why we're seeing all these layoffs. We have had now, we, uh, we are into a 17% earnings drawdown from the peak, which was on... Uh, which was in, in Q4 2021. And just if you're wondering what have been the previous uh, drawdowns in the in earnings for, for NASA 100, well, it, it looks doesn't look very big, but it, it was in percentage term. The, the one during the financial crisis was a 50% uh, drawdown in earnings. So we're not quite there yet, but 17% is pretty dramatic. Wow, 50, 50%. Let's hope we don't get to, <clears throat> get to those levels. Let's uh, look at the macro calendar for today. We have the preliminary January flash manufacturing and services PMIs out, essentially from around the world. Uh, these are coming out as we're recording this podcast. We've got the one for the UK up later and the one for the US that seems to be thoroughly ignored by the market for whatever reason um, um, in favor of the ISM uh, manufacturing and services uh, prints that we get uh, around the first of the month or just thereafter. But uh, as noted earlier, a couple of interesting ones out overnight uh, tonight with New Zealand and Australia, both reporting their Q4 CPIs, uh, central banks that are looking at decelerating and, and heading forward to pause. And on that note, Bank of Canada up tomorrow with their expected further 25 basis point uh, rate decision or rate hike, followed by a long pause that they anticipate doing to see and assess the inflationary and labor market conditions. This uh, So essentially, Bank of Canada is priced to re- reach peak tomorrow, and it'll be interesting to see if uh, they are more prescient than the Fed in reaching their peak policy rate. Other bits and pieces, some minor U.S. stuff, that Philadelphia Fed non-manufacturing survey, not even something I'm familiar with. I suspect it's a new offshoot of the original Philly Fed. And we have a U.S. Treasury auction after we've seen yields sort of coming back in from these small local lows. We saw the two-year down almost to 4% in the wake of that very weak retail sales print last week and the Bank of Japan standing pat. But that's rebounded quite a bit and back into the range. So we're all waiting here for the December PCE inflation data on Friday and then all the first of the month stuff, which comes after the FOMC meeting. Uh, next Wednesday. So interesting setup there on the macro front to see if we're getting some confirmation of these leading indicators or if that's not for the months uh, after this month. But uh, we'll see. We think it's a very confusing backdrop here. We have a what appears to be technically a strong rally, some soon some overhead resistance. This is also very important in the 4100 plus area as noted on the chart, those pivot highs uh, from the prior rally at a time when the sort of the fundamental backdrop seems to be deteriorating. So uh, an interesting mix. We'll see where things stand tomorrow. 
when we take a look with the next Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com. <laughs>